0: You know, all my life, I was told how great my mom is. What an exceptional woman she is. She's so extraordinary. And everybody I meet, they say, oh, you have, your mom's so great. And I look at them like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is the lady that spanked me numerous amount of times with the Board of Education. This same lady grounded me for a month for wrecking her car. Which I should have been grounded, but a month. She made me pay back the expenses for that car. What do you mean, extraordinary? This is the same one that gives me lectures day after day after day for the things that I did wrong. What do you mean, exceptional or amazing? But as I've grown up, I've come to appreciate her for her smarts, her intelligence. But one thing that separates her that I just, once skill I wish I could just take from her and put into my life is this amazing story, an amazing talent that she has to tell a story. She can captivate people. She meets people for the first time and she influences them and she captivates them through telling just stories to them. I remember our friends would come over for sleepovers, and um, we were at our auntie's house, and my auntie's house is one of those elevated houses. You know, they have the racks on the side, and then, you know, something could be underneath. And our friends would come together, and they'd be like, Laura, can you tell us a story? And she would tell us these stories, and by the end of the night, and they were scary stories, you know? She would... She would make up things like, there was a man living under the house that nobody knows, and they would creep around the house and walk through by the windows, and no, but he wanted to find a way to get inside. And by the end of the night, nobody wanted to sleep by the windows. Everybody was huddled in the middle of the room. But it was just this talent to tell stories in the context that she was in and shape it so that everybody could relate to that story, Now, Janet Litherlin has this quote, and she says, Stories have power. They delight, enchant, touch, teach, recall, inspire, motivate, challenge. They help us understand. They imprint a picture on our minds. Want to make a point or raise an issue? Tell a story. Now, for me, I've been, always been a math person. At the age of one, I could put together a simple puzzle. At 18 months, my mother would mix up three different puzzles, and I could discern the pieces and put the three puzzles together. I was good at math. I thrived at solving problems and coming up with solutions to brain teasers. On the other hand, though, I, I hated reading Anything that had to do with language arts, reading, writing, grammar, listening, or speaking. These were things that I struggled with. I think I was allergic to books. If getting into college was based on my SAT scores for math, I would have gotten into many colleges but the sad truth is that language arts was part of it, and that's the reason why I did, had to go to community college at first. So I find it quite bizarre that my educational journey brought me to seminary, which emphasized the studying of literature and language. So what, what is it about Scripture that would create such a dramatic change in my life? Now, there are stories all around us Stories are powerful, and they help define who we are as people. We all have a story to tell. Everyone, every one of you have a unique story. You know, I think when people meet with one another, they're trying to connect, and they ask questions like, hey, what school you went? Or, hey, you know so and so. And what I think they're really trying to do here is they're trying to connect their story with your story. They're searching and prying to see how your story is similar to their story because we connect through stories. Much of your story is shaped by your experiences that you went through. I mean, just looking at Gary's life, we've just seen his story just take shape and how God has impacted it. Many of you have a story. Maddie has a story. Nadine has a story. Paul has a story. All of you have a story to tell. And you may be defined by the movies you like, the music you listen to, the TV shows you religiously watch, the clothes you wear, the car that you may drive. The food you eat, whether you're a carnivore, a herbivore, or a vegan. You might be a PC person or an Apple person. You might like the iPhone or the Galaxy. We are defined by who we are. Some of you might be an artist, a surfer, or a spongy. But we all have a story to tell. One reason why I chose to be active in ministry and to preach and to teach is because God saw me at my worst, and he rescued me. There's a song out called 1-800-273-8255. If you're young, you might know the song, and that's how my experiences was. Or you might relate to this song, the song by Cyndi Lauper, where it starts off by saying, you with your sad eyes, don't be discouraged. Oh, I realize it's hard to take courage. In a world full of people, you may lose sight of it all because the darkness inside you makes you feel so small. But I see your true colors. Sometimes we can get to a point where we wonder if our lives really matter. Do people value me? Sometimes I wonder if I die tomorrow, would anyone show up to my funeral? Would anyone care? What would they say about me? And sometimes the pain and struggle of life can swarm and overwhelm us. Have you ever felt that way at some point in your life? There may be times in our lives where we feel down and shattered. And it's during these times in which We hope people would notice our scars and our pains and show that they actually care. I was a mess, but I didn't want anyone to know it. And At this time, I was a Christian. And this church thing just wasn't working for me. So I figured I would try something else to make more meaning out of life and to ease the pain of the storms raging inside of me. Yet, the unexpected happened. God showed up. On March 23rd, 1993, on the island of Maui, God showed up. I had this transformational conversion which changed my life forever. And I'll just share a little bit. But it was weird because I gave God an ultimatum. I said, God, if you don't show up today... I'm out of here. I'm going to live my life but my own way because I can't take this anymore. And as I was down seeking God at the altar, it was strange because, you know, many of us know of love, we experience love, but we can't really see it. And that's what happened. It was like I was down there and I just felt God's love pour down upon me. And it just... Changed my life forever. I was, a, I was a constant swearer, but it's like God cleaned my dirty mouth. It's like God gave me orbits. I said, dirty mouth, clean it up. <laughs> and at that time, God broke the stony heart that was in me. And it made me realize I need to care about things. On that day, without a shadow of a doubt, I knew God was real. And he was a God of love. It sparked a desire in me to finally want to read something, to pick up a book after years of not reading. I went to high school without reading a book. <laughs> I wanted to know more about God. And what better way to do it than through reading scripture? had an amazing experience but to wrap my mind around what happened i had to look to scripture to understand that experience i wanted to have god's story to be a part of my story and i did it through and it worked itself out through scripture as a people of god what is our story In what ways does God's story relate to your story? Where do you find God's story in your life's story? Now, I just want to give you a little heads up. I know scripture is a really hot topic. You know, there's been Bible wars on how to understand scripture and how to interpret scripture. But for me, I'm just presenting one perspective to you. And I think this is the way that Fuller, understand scripture, and how a lot of scholars understand scripture as well. So there's something amazing about the scriptures. The scripture tells us stories about God and who God's character is. People told stories about their experiences and encounters with God, and they put it in scripture. These experience made, experiences made such a great express, um, impression on them that they felt compelled to pass these stories on from one generation to the next generation and on and on and on and these stories found in scripture has changed and impacted the lives of countless people communities countries for centuries now to give you a brief history of how scripture came to be we never had this collection of stories. And how they would pass on scripture would be, they would, the community would come together, and they would sit around maybe a campfire, or in a circle, and they would have one person, because at that time, at Jesus' time, there was only 10% who were literate, who could read or write. So for them to have a Bible was difficult, because even if they had it, they wouldn't understand what was in it, what was written down. So they would gather together as a group of people, and one person would tell the story of Exodus or tell the story of Genesis. And this was their story. And the people around would listen and memorize. And then they would take that story and pass it down to the next generation and to the next generation. That's how scripture came to being. And in the year 300, that's when we got our Bible, where people came together and said, let's collect all these amazing stories, all these writings, and put them together into one collection of stories. So what makes Scripture special? Scripture and the Bible wasn't meant to be a science book. It wasn't meant to be a historical text or even an ethics manual. We should not read Scripture as a uniform list of do's and don'ts. It's not supposed to tell us what we, you know, it's not primarily there to tell us, you should be doing this. Do this. Don't do that. Do this. It's more than that. The Bible is a narrative. It's a collection of narratives. The Bible is a collection of books written by humans Through the inspiration of God, and this collection of library books, there are poetry, there are narratives, history, letters, wisdom, lamentations, psalms, and prophecy. Now, when I started reading the scripture, and I think I've told you this before, the Old Testament God seemed very schizophrenic compared to the New Testament God. Yet the people of Israel felt that the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, was their gospel, was their good news. And there can't be good news without bad news. So these stories pointed out that we are human beings created in the image of God. So we have the potential to do good because we are created in God's image. Yet because of sin in our lives, we are flawed and broken human beings. Capable of, capable of doing stark and evil things. We have a great capacity to love and to be compassionate towards one another. However, we have the capacity to sin. We lie. We cheat. We deceive. We destroy. We fail. At times we're unfaithful. We mess up. However, if you try to look for good news in the Old Testament, you will find a God who interacts and is engaged with his creation. A God that is revealed through the relationship with the people of Israel. And even with all their brokenness and all their flaws and sins, he's still not indifferent or disengaged. God is present with his people. In this story, we see a God who creates. A God who promises. A God who is persistent. He doesn't give up on us. A God that delivers. A God that hears. And if you look through the Old Testament, over and over again, it says, And I hear the cry of my people. We have a God who gives. A God who accommodates a God who wrestles with us, a God that loves us, who pursues us, who rescues us. He's a God that gives grace. God goes to any length to restore the relationship with his creation. This story of God comes to a crescendo through the life and death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Bible scholar N.T. Wright claims that Jesus defeats the power of evil and launches God's new world through the life and death of Jesus Christ. We can experience victory over evil. We can experience salvation. We can experience restoration and reconciliation back to God. God gives us a hope for restoration, redemption of all things that is made possible through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the greatest thing about the narrative that God gives us, he doesn't just inform us of what he's doing, but God invites us into his story. That's the good news. We are invited to participate in what God is doing in this world. We all get to be a part of his story when we become a part of the community of faith, when we join in on God's story of redemption and reconciliation. When we are a part of God's story, it starts to shape our lives in Romans 15 it states we who are powerful need to be patient with the weakness of those who don't have power and not to please ourselves each of us should please our neighbor for their good or for their good in order to build them up Christ didn't please himself but as it is written the insults of those who insulted you fell on me. And in verse 4, he states, whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we could have hope through the endurance and through the encouragement of Scripture. May the God of endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude toward each other, similar to Christ Jesus' attitude. That way you can glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ together with one voice. We all have many experiences in our life and God might be at work at these, in these life events, but we may feel, fail to see God working in those experiences. And what scripture does with the work of the Holy Spirit, it helps us to see God more clearly through the working out of our events of our lives. Scripture gives us the lens to see, oh, God is here, when we might not see him. Our depravity and our shortcomings are pointed out by reading Scripture. But Scripture also exposes the goodness inside of us Being created in God's image, it reveals to us what we should be. Scripture gives us the eyes to see the heart of God and to be able to distinguish between um, God's interaction within this world and what is not of God. Now, one of our core values is this. We value meditating on the Word of God day and night and skillfully applying it to everyday living. So I'll leave you with this. Part of my church tradition, and I came out of a fundamental church, um, where we, and we took the Bible literally in everything we did. And we were told to read our Bibles every day. And there's nothing in the Bible that tells us to do so. However, it is important that you become engaged with Scripture. For those who don't like to read, like me, the biblical stories were told orally, so you could listen to a recording of the Bible and still meditate on God's Word. That's how they did it in the past, anyway. (laughs) So you can feel free to read some days and to listen on others, but we encourage you to know your story. What connects us to God? And what makes us a community? What defines us? My suggestion is when you read Scripture, read it as a collection of books. And know that each book was was not written in a vacuum. It was written in a particular context at a particular time for a particular group of people. Because if you take the Bible out of context, you can use it for whatever purpose you want to use it for. And it's called proof texting. And a lot of quotes come out of proof texting. When you read the Bible out of context and you use it for whatever purpose you want to use to justify what you're doing, you need to understand the context. So when you read the Bible, read, you know, read the whole book first, and then dive into the parts. You know, when you, we have a group um, that stays after church, and one of the things that we connect on is called, you know, the, the TV series, Game of Thrones. And we don't go in there and say, oh, remember this part, what do you think that part means? But we usually watch the whole thing first, and then we come together and we try to break it up and say, oh, you, I think this part meant this, or can you?" But can, I can't believe so-and-so did this. But it's only after understanding the whole picture where we can come together and start taking it apart. So when you read Scripture, read the whole thing. When they gathered together in a community, they told the entire story of John, or of Matthew, or of Exodus. They didn't tell it in small part. So, my question to you today is this for you to reflect on. Has God's story become a part of your story? With that, I'll close with a blessing. May you, as the people of God, immerse yourself in scriptures. May the scriptures come alive to you. That you come to know the God of scripture. May your story become saturated by God's story. That you may come to recognize God's love and grace and compassion being present in your life. May your story move, inspire, and energize the stories of others. To also be a part of God's grand story redemption and life. Amen.